and welcome to episode 273 of the Bad Wolf Podcast. I'm Martin, and joining me this week, I have Jared. Yes, mate. How's it going, bro? How are you doing, mate? Doing all right, Jared. Doing all right. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Just another day of work. Are you still working from home? Yeah, I'm still working from home. Going in once every couple of weeks, if I can be bothered to. Supposed to be going in once a week, but I'm so lazy, I can't be able to get up in the morning and go to work. So I just get up in the morning and sit in front of my PC and work from home still. That is the situation at the moment. Sounds pretty good though. But when I get too bored, then I'll go, then I go into the building. If I get bored of staring at the four walls all the time. So Jared, what a show we got for people today. I'm quite excited about this one. I mean, I don't sound it because, you know, all I've been doing is sitting in the same position all day, but I'm actually, I am actually quite excited. Are you finding that everything is now too much effort for you? Yes. I hate not having a routine and I hate the fact that I've gone to be so comfortable not doing anything or, or, or finding a way to get out of it that I tremble at the thought of having to return to some type of normality in the future. Yeah, everything now has to compete with me staying at home. I even started, like, my showers now are in the evening instead of the morning because this is how bad it's gotten. I'm like, I I still shower every day. It's just I shower in the evening now instead of the morning. Because usually I used to be up at five o'clock in the morning, have a shower, get ready and go to work. Now I'm like, I can't be asked, man. I'll just have a shower in the evening. At least you're still showering. That's something. At least. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that is a bonus. So I guess we'll start off with some dispatches, people who have sadly left us. We recently saw the sad passing of Bob Baker, who is the co-creator of K-9, the robot dog from Doctor Who. Oh, well, that is sad. I hope his family are doing well. Yeah, yeah. And sad time. He's been trying for years to try and get a K-9 movie off the ground, and it nearly happened in 2017, but I think they lost funding. So it's just oh. it's just fallen through. Yeah. Also, sadly, we saw the passing of James Michael Taylor, who people might not know his name, but you will know him as Gumfer from Friends. Yeah. He passed away of cancer and he was pretty young. He was only in his 50s. You know, it's testament to him as a person that the rest of the cast of Friends saw him as the seventh member. Also, we saw the sad passing of Lionel Blair, who's just a legend in the UK. Yes always been around and lastly dean stockwell who's probably best known as al from quantum leap yes i heard about that too yeah i saw that and i was like oh well you know they're all dropping like flies it's just like what the hell what a career he had though mate he started off as a child actor in the 40s and worked solidly for 76 years i know quantum leap when i was like 10 was my show like, I loved mm. it. My dad used to watch it and tape it for me. And then if he thought it was appropriate that I could watch it, he would let me watch it the next day. And yeah. I remember being so jealous of all my friends whose parents just let them watch it without a screening. But yeah, yeah, really sad, really just legendary Hollywood actor there. More positive news, I guess. Peter Jackson has just sold Weta Digital for $1.6 billion to the I makers heard. of the Unity game engine. I heard that. Yeah. I mean, Weta has kind of changed cinema since Lord of the Rings because they, like, pioneered so much technology that we now take for granted. I mean, good on him for making some decent cash. But, you know, let's hope that this this new company doesn't, like, decide, like, uh, they're going to use it for all the wrong reasons and and create some crap stuff with it. So I'd be more than pissed. Yeah. And did you hear about this Spider-Man leak that happened a couple of days ago? Nope. Well, I won't say what was in the pictures, but John Campier, who is, he's like a movie correspondent guy. He did a lot of work with John Schnepp, who was a 
dear friend of the podcast before he passed away and they used to host like schmoes no together and they would just talk about movies and stuff he tweeted what he thought was a fan photoshop spider-man image and apparently three minutes after uploading it he got a call from someone he knows at sony asking him to take yeah. it down but yeah it's gone viral it's gone crazy viral and yeah it looks like they were legitimate and it was two pictures the kind of confirmed fan speculation about what's going to happen but i don't want to spoil it for anyone okay yeah mate did you see today the kenobi concept art no so they basically wait, are out... they st- wait sorry to buy him but are they gonna continue on with that yeah they're filming it was... now i thought that was dead in the water mate i hadn't heard no, no, nothing no, they, they put out a sizzle reel today which is basically the cast and crew talking about it over their audio of them talking they show some concept art of like oh. a grayed up ewan mcgregor fighting darth vader Personally, this is the series I'm most looking forward to because I've always wondered, like, what happened in that 19, 20 year gap on Tatooine? I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm looking forward to Ahsoka. But I mean, I guess the the scope that fans have always always wondered about is like, what was Obi-Wan doing on Tatooine for 20 years? That is true. Chris Pratt has been cast as the voice of Garfield in a new animated film. Uh, that dude is being hated on by so many people at the moment man i don't get it it's like it used to be the traditional media would do this like they would pick a celebrity and decide we've built this person up to a certain level now let's make them eat shit for five years it seems to be that now social media has taken that and for some reason people hate chris pratt and i asked on twitter like why do people hate him so oh because he goes to this church that hates gay people and it's like okay but that's not him and then his co-stars defended him against backlash so that made him get backlash because none of them stuck up for brie larson and then he married a Schwarzenegger, and that seems to have really pissed people off i don't get the hate for him he seems like a nice guy he, he, I, I, I stay out of i stay out of it but i just everywhere i've gone especially of the last post he well i don't know if it's the last post he put up but one of the recent posts he put up about his um, wife giving birth to a healthy baby boy everybody was just going in on him because you know his son's um got disabilities and stuff like that with his previous wife and everybody was just going in on him and i was just like oh damn this is this, this is why i was keep my ass on social media i'll go on there to look at stuff but i do not put anything on there it's the same as like you see people really just pouring scorn and bile on like james corden and ed sheeran and then in their next tweet it'll be like remembering caroline flack be kind <laughs> it's like fuck off I saw someone tweet once that everybody with a twitter account has bullied someone at some point. And then we'll come up, we'll bring up a quote about being kind to your neighbor. And I mean, talking about Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 started filming recently. Oh, I mean, yes, I heard about that too. Yes, finally. That was supposed to come out like two years ago, but because... The whole issue. Yeah, James Gong got yeah. fired over some old yeah. jokes and then he got rehired. Yeah. And basically, the only reason I think he got rehired is because they couldn't find another director that would stab him in the back and take his job. Absolutely. Because a lot of people go, oh, Taika Waititi could do Guardians. It's like, yeah, he could, but he's not going to stab his mate in the back. Yeah. And talking of the MCU and superhero stuff, Henry Cavill was interviewed recently and he said yeah. that he would love to play Captain Britain in the MCU, yeah. but he yeah. doesn't think his Superman days are over yet. I mean, what do you think of Henry Cavill as Superman? I loved him as Superman. I thought he was great as Superman. They didn't, they did not give him a chance to really shine though, because Warner Brothers uh, just just cancelled everybody out of that whole that whole thing. 
they've lost a good Superman. You know, if he does move into the Marvel universe and they love him, you know, all more for him. I think he's the right choice for Superman. He just hasn't had the right film yet. Yes, I fully agree. Um, Talking of DC, Brendan Fraser has been cast in the Batwoman film. Has he? Yeah, it looks like he's going to be a villain, but there's like loads of speculation as to who. It's really interesting because he voices a character in Doom Patrol. Yes, I know he does. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. he voices the character. Yeah. You know what I love about Brendan Fraser is he goes out of his way to talk about the guy who actually like physically plays the character. Yeah. Like he he goes out of his way in interviews to praise this guy and say, no, my job's really easy. I just go in my closet, hang up a duvet and just speak over what he's done. You don't hear many actors doing that. Yeah. And yeah, I just think that's great. That's why everybody's a big fan of him at the moment. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. And I know he had some like divorce issues and back issues and like a lot of health problems. Yeah. But yeah, it's good to see him getting back on his feet and getting back out there. Yeah. Have you seen Dune yet, mate? Or is it June? Dune? No, no, I haven't watched it yet. No, same. I've to um, uh, yeah, pop to the cinema, you know, work. But it's doing so well that Dune or June 2 is already in development. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a three-parter, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Zack Snyder's, you know, that, oh, what was the first film called? It's like the zombies in Las Vegas. Zombies in Las Vegas? City of the Dead or Land of the Dead or something like that. Well, he, Army of the Dead? Was it Army of the Dead? Uh, I mean, Army of the Dead. Yeah. Army of the, Army of the, Army of the, Army of Dead. Yeah, well, there Army was a thieves. a prequel just went up on Netflix, which is apparently pretty good. I've not seen it. It's like a heist Featuring the German... Yeah, yeah, Army like, of Thieves. Army of yeah, Thieves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a sequel in development called World of the Dead. Oh, my God. So what I liked about Makes Army sense. of the Dead was the opening sequence. Yeah. I thought that was just genius. But yeah, that was probably the best part of the film. That Did was you... the only good part of the film. <laughs> Technically, that was the only part of the film. The rest did, of it was just a blur. <laughs> did you see the Lightyear trailer? Yes, I saw the Lightyear trailer. And that got a negative response. Everyone's saying that he looks like a racist cop. It's a fucking cartoon, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> did you see the Morbius trailer? I was a big fan of the character in the comics, and it looks like... Nerd. It looks like No Way Home is going to play a big part in this. Ah, cool. Because in the background, you see like the Oscorp building from The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, and okay. somebody's reading the Daily Bugle, and it's got like the Rhino from the Amazing Spider-Man, and yeah, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is in the background on a painting. Okay, so yeah, it looks looks really interesting. But Jared, last week you and I went to our local Odeon Cinema that we did, and we saw a film called Last Night in Soho, which is directed by Edgar Wright. But I thought before we get started on that, what do you think of Edgar Wright as a director? He once called you Dashian, actually. Why don't you tell people the story? Yeah, we went to the MCM Comic Con. Don't know which year it was, and we had a, we bought a poster, and then we was gonna give. No, he had a poster for us to. Is that he was signing and stuff like that? Asked for my name, and I told him Jared, but he misheard it. And he was about to call name me someone called completely different, but I caught what he was doing and he started off with a D and I went, Nope, it's a G. And he went, Oh, sorry. And then he went and then he instead of like marking it out or getting another poster to think, but we said, Oh yeah, I'm just gonna make it to the to Dashing Jared. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, damn right you are. Because I took my ex's space collection along on the off chance yeah. that we would run into him and I got him to sign it for her. That was a good day. But yeah, what do you make of his work as a director and what do you think your favorite film of his is? Cornetta trilogy. Yeah, I think Shaun of the Dead is my favorite, but I think it's his weakest film. I don't mean that in in that it's bad. I mean that as in terms that it's his first film 
and yeah. he's gotten a better director as time has gone on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But out of yeah, but the Cornetto trilogy, yeah, yeah, it's, they are my favorite three films. What do you make of Baby Driver? No, no, uh, yeah, I love Baby Driver. I thought Baby Driver was really good. Yeah, it's a bit awkward to talk about now. Yeah, <laughs> two of the two of the characters we can't talk about. Yeah, good film though. Good film, great film. Enjoyed so, it. Enjoyed it. Last night in Soho, Gerald. What do you think it's about? Time travel. Yeah, time travel and visions. And you know what I really enjoyed is they took the Goodnight Sweetheart approach. And you remember the series Goodnight Sweetheart where he just walks down an alley yes, and he's back Lind- in time. Lindhurst. I love Lindhurst, yes. they took that approach to the film where they just don't explain these visions. It's just she has them. I really enjoyed this film. You didn't enjoy it as much as I did. I couldn't get into it. It's just... Okay, let's just get into the synopsis of it. It's about a girl who lives in a quiet town who gets into um, to a fashion college or fashion university and in London and you realise her mother used to go there but you're just like trying to understand. She has weird visions that she can see her mum but you think, oh, she's had a nervous breakdown because the way her and Nan's talking to her, it's, they make it sound like she's had a nervous breakdown, breakdown and she's in recovery from it, from what happened to her mum. And then she goes to London to the same university that her mum went to. Then she starts having visions when she moves into this one room and then it just goes all mental from there. And you're just like, what the fuck is going on? What the hell? Did I blink? This is moving too fast. Why is this happening? What's causing this to happen? How is this happening? What's the story behind all of this? Does she have abilities? Is this time travel? Is this good night, sweetheart? The film? And I just like, no, I cannot, I cannot, I, I cannot get into it. It's interesting you say that because I would say about five people walked out of our screening for this. Yeah. And I'm wondering if maybe they didn't know anything about this film other than the name Edgar Wright. Yeah, because I watched the, the trailer before I saw the film because I was just flicking through YouTube when yeah. I just saw the trailer for it. And I, and I saw it was for Edgar Wright and I was like, okay, I'll give this a watch, see what's going on. And then I was looking at it and I was like, I really want to watch this. Would this be something I would get into? And then when you suggested that we go and see it, I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll, I'll come over and go and see it. I almost became the sixth person to walk out of the cinema because I was like, as much as I love Edgar Wright, I just, this film was not the one for me. Yeah, and when I said this on Twitter that I think people just knew the name Edgar Wright, they were like, well, how can you go and see a film not knowing anything about it? Well, I've done it before. There were times in like the 90s, early 2000s where I would just go to my local Odeon on a Friday and whatever was on the closest time that I arrived, I would see. And I would have no idea what it was. And I went on a date once to go see Get Out with this girl. And I didn't know what it was about. I just knew the name Jordan Pill because I liked his TV show, which is a sketch comedy show called Key and Pill, where he does with Keegan-Michael Key. Mm-hmm. So I went in to Get Out expecting a comedy. And it's not. It's a very different film. But yes. I didn't walk out. So I'm wondering if maybe people just saw the name Edgar Wright and they were like, oh, this is going to be a Cornetto film. I didn't know the full story behind what it was. Like, the trailer did not give anything away. It it it, it just gave you the light bits of, of some of the film. And you're like, oh, seems interesting. But is that is that for me? And I went in not knowing what to expect with the film. And I, you know what? You can go into a film expecting one thing and still come out pleasantly surprised that the director has the eyesight to be able to do more than one thing or one genre. Because like you say, Key, Key, Michael Keegan's, whatever the hell his name is, he, like I said, he done Get Out, he done Us. They are completely different from Key and Peele. People love that film. 
thought that film was brilliant. So it will show that you have great worth in being able to portray other things. Like he's done Baby Driver and that's completely different from the Cornet. Well, it, well, I say different because it's American to English, but it was still something different to what he's used to doing. And it was really good. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed it until the whole issue of everything happened. But this film, I mean, I can understand it, but it just was not for me. It was not for me. I just couldn't enjoy I just couldn't get into it. It's interesting what you say about the trailers there, because they do kind of mislead the audience. I don't want to spoil the actual ending and what the plot is, but the trailers make it look like you know where it's going. Yeah. And then it does a complete left turn and you don't know where it's going. Initially, Anna Taylor Joy was approached to play Eloise, who's the fashion student, but it took about five years to get this film off the ground. And in that five year period, she became really famous and Edgar Wright felt that she was too well known to play an up and coming character. The Café de Paris plays a huge part in this. That building shut down in December 2020 because of COVID. Okay. It just knocked its takings on the head. So you could have gone to this place two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the film's dedicated to Dame Diana Rigg because she passed away shortly after filming this. And she's yep. she's great in this film. Oh, no, she would like that. Don't get me wrong. People, there was people who don't like. He was brilliant in it. And the Taylor Joy was brilliant in it. The girl, I forgot her name. It's Thomason something. Yeah, who, um, I'm surprised that you can't remember. You didn't remember everybody's <laughs> names. She's a Kiwi, yeah. I found out. Yeah, yeah. When you said that, I had to look online and I was like, oh, wow, okay. She did really good. Yeah, pretty She's good like, really Cornish good accent, yeah. The black guy, though. <laughs> I could not take his acting seriously. <laughs> he made me laugh when he was like, I'm a South London. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Because we're both yeah, South London. Are you sure? Exactly. Are you sure, mate? Because <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. what South London is like. I have lived there my entire life. But so yeah, I know what it's like. Matt Smith is amazing in this. And with this Morbius, like he's carving himself like a really good cinematic career as a villain. Yeah. yeah. People are used to seeing him as Doctor Who and the good guy. It's great to see him play a villain. Yeah. And Terence Stamp is amazing. I did not even recognize him. When you told me it was him, I was like, oh my God, I did not recognize him. Matt Smith had to learn to dance normally and then dance in reverse because there's a couple of shots where they will cut between him dancing with Anna Taylor-Joy and then it'll be the mirror where it's Eloise. And like they got this motion control, remote control camera to match their steps going up and down the stairs. What nobody thought about was they would then have to do that in reverse for the mirror shots. Mm. So a cameraman physically matched the shots that this robot had done. Oh, wow. And it's incredible. And there's loads of shots where you think they're looking in the mirror, but they're not. And the two actresses like mirrored each other's movements perfectly. And they used the Weasley twins from Harry Potter to make it look like the maitre d' was standing there. Which was smart. Technically speaking, this film is outstanding. There's loads of like innovative camera movements and stuff. The music works really well. This mu- like I got home and listened to some Scylla Black music after listening oh, yeah, to this on the soundtrack because yeah, yeah. cheap cameos in it and they have an actress playing her, obviously. But I guess our generation, we know Scylla Black best as a TV presenter. Yeah. Well, of course, because luckily we have parents who... Um, <laughs> older and they grew up with Cilla Black when she was when back in her prime so of course we knew she sung 
before she became a TV presenter. So we already knew that, oh, that's Ella Black. And because you mentioned it to me in the cinema when we were watching it. And I was like, oh, yeah. We knew her as a presenter, but we had seen pictures of her when she was younger, back in the time when we was like, when we found out about her being singers and all of that stuff. And then when they mentioned Cilla Black in the film, we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Do you know so, her story at all? She was actually born Cilla White. Yes. Yeah, but there was a Cilla White on equity. So her manager was just like, oh, white, black. But it meant that her dad would then go to work and be like, that's my daughter. And people would be like, yeah, you're bullshitting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Jared, would you recommend people watch Last Night in Soho? I mean, it's not done Don't that, do that well at the cinema. Don't do that to me, bro. That's rude, man. <laughs> you know my mouth is going to be, man. Don't do that, man. I highly uh, recommend it. And I would say see it on the big screen if you can. So let's move on to something which I know you're going to be a lot more positive about. Last week, Sony Pictures very, very kindly invited us both to a very special preview screening of Ghostbusters Afterlife. So before we get into what happened at the screening, etc. in the film, yeah. I just wanted to ask you, were you a fan of Ghostbusters growing up? Hell no. I hated Ghostbusters, man. Who would watch Ghostbusters? Nerds and people like that. Of course, I love Ghostbusters, man. I've seen that so many times. I have lost count. Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films ever. You know what? I love the Ghostbusters films so much. I don't want to meet anyone involved. You know, it's like Ooh. that thing, like, don't meet your heroes. I still want to meet Bill Murray. Oh, mate, no, I don't, I don't want to meet him. I don't want to meet Ernie Hudson follows me on Twitter. I've never tweeted him. Oh, my God. Because I'm like, I can't. I grew up obsessed. But that means, like if, that means you wouldn't even want to meet Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Not after this, because oh, I would say Ghostbusters is our generation Star Wars. Uh, yeah, and true. I know Return of the Jedi came out in 83 and we we're born in 82, but we just missed Star Wars. And the next big thing I would say was Ghostbusters. I mean, I had all the toys. I loved the animated series. I loved the films. Yeah. I went to see Ghostbusters 2 at the cinema with my parents. And afterwards, we went to the Wimpy. Yeah. And the Wimpy oh, had wimpy. like the tie-in media meal thing. And you got yeah. a little can. And when you opened the can in the dark, green slime came out of it. Slimer. Yeah, yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's been a long and difficult road getting this film done. And we're going to be spoiler free for people. Be for yourself. I mean, I'm we're talking about all of the film from beginning to end now. Yeah, I'll, it doesn't come out until next week. So we're going to be spoiler free. We're going to talk about elements of the plot that are known to people already from the trailers. But it's been a long and difficult road getting to Afterlife. The four main guys and Ivan Reitman, they had a deal in place that they could veto any third film and they would all unanimously have to agree on a third film. And Bill Murray kept turning them down. And we did kind of get Ghostbusters free because they used elements of the script for the 2009 video game. I don't know if you ever played that. No. It's a really good game. The mechanics are a bit shit on the, the controller and stuff, but the voice acting's good. Everybody's back. And the story's pretty decent. Obviously, in 2016, we got the reboot where they all cameoed. Jared, what did you make of the reboot? Never watched it. It's fine. Not a great film. It won't change your life. But I remember coming away thinking, it was all right. Just never got around to watching it. And then I completely forgot about it. Yeah. And the only time I remembered about it is when you mentioned to me, oh, I've got tickets to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife. And I was like, oh, cool. I don't think we get Ghostbusters Afterlife without the 2016 reboot. Yeah. So it centers around the family that inherit their grandparents' house, and the grandparent being Egon, who has died. 
Yeah. And then it soon transpired Egon sent them there for a reason. Along the way, they meet characters and they make friends. And you had a standout character that you loved in this called Podcast. Favorite character. That, that, that boy had charisma. He had jokes that had me laughing. Yeah, he was, he was, he, his atmosphere, when he was in the scenes, his atmosphere changed everything. He was brilliant. I loved him. I loved him. He was amazing. He made me laugh a lot. Oh, he's got a bright future ahead of him, that kid. I hope so, because he was really good. Yeah, and I want to talk a little bit about McKenna Grace, who played Phoebe, Egon's granddaughter. Yeah. I mean, how fucking believable is she as Egon's granddaughter? Like, when you said that, when you said that, I was, we were still, like, looking at the picture, or, you know, the, the trailer picture that they have out with everybody, and I couldn't see it. But when she's actually acting in the film, and you see it, she looks so much like the young Egon from Ghostbusters 1 and 2. It's just like, what the, where did they find her from and how the hell did they manage to make her look like him? Because she looked like literally the spitting image of him. It was well, it was actually kind of freaky. I love the way they interweave all like the Easter eggs to please like the classic fans like us. Like mm. there's loads of little callbacks. I don't think people will be disappointed by this. You're yeah. never going to get the true Ghostbusters free that you want because Harold Remus is now dead. Yes. But this is pretty damn close. Yeah. I mean, I loved it so much. I'm going back to see it on opening night with my son. Nice. Because I know he will, I'm going to pay to see it. And I know he will dig this. I loved it. I thought Paul Rudd was really great. He does his normal Paul Rudd thing. And that's what makes it Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd. It's like he does his Paul Rudd thing and it's like, yeah, cool. I love that he's just like this middle school teacher that's just completely checked out of his job. Yeah, exactly. And like there's moments where he just puts on horror movies for the kids. And the kids are just watching it. Not even freaking out, they're just watching it. He's gone off to do other stuff and they're like, what the hell? Yeah, because it kind of transpires that he's investigating this strange going on that Phoebe and podcast have noticed. Yeah. What do you make of Finn Wolfhard, the guy from Stranger Things? He's in this. He was basically a back player. He was all right. This is an epic film. The CGI is incredible. The ghosts look amazing. Yeah. But yeah, there's some big actors in this they don't draw attention to either like jk simmons pops up at one point and okay. he's he's in it for like a spit and a cough josh gad voices one of the alien um, aliens one of the ghosts nice i would say if you can't get behind this as a true ghostbuster sequel i don't think you'll ever be happy no with this film jason has proved he is the right man for the job so should people go out and see ghostbusters afterlife absolutely for me i say yes go and watch it in the big cinema you need to actually you need to watch it in the big cinema yeah we saw it in the yeah. imax screening and ivan reitman was there and jason reitman and the co-writer yeah. of this film was there yeah just hearing them talk about the process of making it and that it was a real family affair about a family that's what comes across on screen yeah which i also like is that they're all, they were basically introducing a new generation this is a real passing the baton yeah. on. oh and people there are two post-credit scenes so there's a mid-credit scene the whole way through you'll think of about oh well where's this character why isn't this character in it they pop up in the mid-credit scene and then there's a post-credit scene that kind of sets up a sequel but so, I think you'd cool. gone for a wee at that point, mate. Because you can... then, I, then I walked out because I was like, "Wow, my cheeks hurt. I need to stretch." And I was like, "I'll just wait for you outside." And he's like, "I ain't leaving. I'm gonna watch to the end. You missed this." And I was like, <laughs> "I'm going home then." Yeah, it's it's a long film. It's about two hours and thirty one minutes. And I know yeah. I'm famous for saying that I haven't seen a film 
in the past 25 years that couldn't have lost 20 minutes. Yeah. And I'm really struggling to think what I would have cut from this because they put in so many callbacks and stuff, but they've also got to reintroduce this to a whole new generation. The marketing behind this has been really good because my nine-year-old daughter, she's really tricky when it comes to live action. She likes the nativity films and oddly, she really likes the Rocky films, as in Rocky Balboa. She really likes them, but most live action films she's got no interest in. She's expressed real interest in going to see Ghostbusters Afterlife to the point that this weekend we're going to watch the original nice yeah i'm gonna go watch the original two as well after watching that i was like yeah i need to re-watch the original two i haven't watched him in such a long time yeah i highly recommend going go to the biggest screen possible go and support this film because i want there to be a ghostbusters 4 i want there to be a ghostbusters 4 as well yeah there needs, there needs to be after this film there needs to be oh there's so much scope for it as well yeah exactly at the start that comes up with the ghost corp logo which is a, is yeah. a division that Sony set up specifically to make Ghostbuster related films. So, you know, we could get like franchises of this. We could get like Ghostbusters in Boston and stuff like that. I think Channing Tatum pitched an idea once about him and Chris Pratt playing Ghostbusters. Let's 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 not. Let's <laughs> let's not. Let's, let's leave that alone. Let's leave that. Let's put a let's put a pin in that. This film has got a lot of heart. There's something towards the end, which is a lifelong Ghostbusters fan, I just found utterly joyous. I'll say now, mate, I got a little bit emotional. Yeah. And I guess while we're talking about Ghostbusters, have you read any of the IDW comics? No. They're really good. And they like cross over the 2016 and the original and the animated series. Because, you know, obviously in Ghostbusters, there's different dimensions and stuff like that. So they cr- yeah. they cross over every so often and they're fun. But yeah, Ghostbusters oh, okay. Afterlife, go and see it. Maybe next week, Jared, we can come back and do a proper spoiler-filled yeah, yeah, chat yeah, about yeah, this. Because yeah. I, I do re- want to talk about this again, but I want to rewatch it. And I want to give people the chance to see it. Because I don't want to be that dickhead a week before it's coming out going, oh, well, this happens. And this happens and starts talking about it and doesn't even give anybody a warning that there's going to be spoilers. <laughs> Man, that's the type of person that will fall asleep one night and never wake up again. All right, well, mate, thanks for joining me this week. I think no, we'll no, leave no. it there. Thank you. you. Thank you for joining me this week with, your, <laughs> with, with, a, with a working computer, finally. Yes, I did thank you on the last episode, but you probably not listened to that. Uh, don't listen to the episodes unless I'm on it. <laughs> Those of you who don't know, Jared very kindly brought me a Mac Mini, and it's improved our recording process. It's faster. It, it was difficult to record with him because half the time he'd be like, oh, this stuff didn't work. This stuff didn't work. Yeah, I went to do yeah. this and it didn't work. And I was like, no, fuck this. Fuck Pre- this previously, shit. I was using an iMac from 2009. So yeah, it wasn't compatible no. with a lot of uh, modern technology and all this software and stuff. But thanks, mate. I really appreciate mm-hmm. it. Don't need to thank me, mate. I just wanted you to be able to actually um, <laughs> <laughs> be able to use your software and stop bitching at me all the time because it got annoying. Now, if this was you. your first episode, episode please go back and check out our back catalogue every week me sam and chris we're talking about doctor who flux which is the latest series of doctor who and the last episode i put out was an interview with legendary comic book writer jody hauser now jody is famous for if you want your movie or tv property turned into a comic book she's the person you go and see she's worked for star wars she's worked for stranger things she's written batman comics and yeah i had a great 15 minute chat with her about her new doctor who comic empire of the wolf all right and good night bye